Hi and welcome to Square in the Circle, a podcast about how business owners in the creative industry balance the art and the business. Functional breathwork instructor, Tracy Howes. Welcome to Square in the Circle. How are you? Hi, Ben. It's great to be with you today. Thank you. No worries. Yeah, I've been looking forward to this chat ever since we met a few weeks ago. Um, and I was blown away by, uh, well, we met in uh, in networking, and I was blown away by your, um, well, your pitch, really. In 15 seconds, you said what you did, and it immediately piqued my interest. So I thought, oh, this is going to be, I'm going to try and speak to Tracy in a, in a slightly longer form. And then I thought, get her on the podcast. So yeah, really good to, to chat to you. And I think we're going to touch on touch upon some really interesting subjects um, in terms of breath work. So I thought I was going to start. Now I'm taking a bit of a leap of faith and I don't know this for a fact, but I would have thought a lot of people um, get to a certain age and start uh, breathing incorrectly. Um, Now, if that is the case, what age do you think that starts? Great question. Well, let's start with when we're born. If you actually watch newborn babies breathe, they tend to belly breathe. So their mouth is closed and they're breathing through their nose and their tummy will move up and down as they inhale and exhale. And generally, you know, all of us breathe in this way. But then over time, bad habits take place. You know, you end up thinking, well, the the mouth has got a lot, it's larger than the nose. You know, this is not a conscious thought. It just happens for a lot of people. And you end up mouth breathing rather than nasal breathing. And the problem with that is then you're taking all this unfiltered air into the lungs. That's causing all sorts of problems like inflammation and worst case scenario would be infection. So some people will naturally breathe through their nose for most of their lives and others will develop the the bad habits of mouth breathing and then that's what exacerbates the problems that they deal with as they get older and has there been studies shown about if there's if this just happens you know naturally over the first few years or it just does stress bring it on or is it just a kind of natural disposition of about how people um seem to you know want to breathe i suppose a lot of the time, breathe, we all breathe individually. So what's going to impact that is your environment, your genetic predisposition, as well as your, you know, your physical makeup um, and your emotional state. So if typically what I see with individuals that are dealing with a lot of anxiety, they perhaps experience panic attacks or suffer from panic disorder, they typically mouth breathe and they breathe from the chest. So short, sharp breathing and they'll typically also suffer from upper body tension so the neck the back of the shoulders the top of the chest the muscles will be almost overdeveloped to help you breathe because the base of the lungs and the diaphragm are not being activated so this is not i would say typical for everybody of course because you know if you're not dealing with those types of um, sensations in the body then you might be much more adept at breathing deeper from the lungs. But you could also switch into that state, even if you were a comfortable nasal breather, but some kind of trauma or emotional state will affect you so that you end up changing your breathing patterns. And a lot of the time, 
this happens subconsciously. So people don't go, oh gosh, I've started breathing from my chest. You just don't think about it. I didn't think about it when I was learning about breath work. So that is, it's very important when I work with clients to observe them and understand, look at how their body moves, how they breathe when they are at rest, because that will give me a good idea of what their typical breathing style is. So this, so this podcast is um, focused on the creative industry, creative business owners. And of course, breathing affects, if we're lucky enough to breathe, it affects everybody, including the creative industry. So is there, sort of really getting specific on, on the audience listing, is there anything that you can think of that um, within our um, sort of day-to-day work, we can help potentially creativity or or um, maybe there's a deadline to hit and we're all stressed out. Um, I know for, from personal experience, that if you're stressed about deadlines or about, you know, life in general, there's nothing worse than uh, that. Well, there's a big impact on creativity because everything just becomes blocked, essentially. Mm. Um, so, yeah, it'd be really good to get your thoughts on um, how breathing can help that. This is really an important question because it's it's beyond just being creative you know this is about your your general sense of well-being but if we're talking about productivity particularly and you know let's say you you've got a shoot coming up as you say you've got a deadline if the body is physically tired you know this is going to impact your you know your mental state and it's going to impact your breathing so If I had to talk a little bit about the science, just to kind of explain what goes on when you change your breathing, if you are in that sort of, you're feeling a bit knackered, you know, you're just, you just need a boost of energy to get you through this to this deadline, for example, spending some time on your breath can make a real difference. By keeping the mouth gently closed and just focusing on slow inhales and exhales, that's going to help with number one, it's going to help oxygenate your brain because we have, in terms of the way that we are designed, the olfactory system, which is your nasal cavity is directly linked to the brain. So by breathing through the nose, you're going to literally bathe the brain in oxygen. And you might be thinking, well, that, you know, that sounds obvious, but what difference does that make? It all comes down to a very interesting molecule called the it's called nitric oxide. And nitric oxide is produced in the sinus cavity. It's not produced in the mouth, which is why we focus on nasal breathing rather than mouth breathing. And what this molecule does is it relaxes the blood vessels so you can get more oxygen-rich blood into your lungs, into your tissues, into your organs, and into your brain. And if you are needing that kind of quick fix, you know, boosting the brain activity and really feeling like you have the energy to be productive and deliver on that deadline. Focusing on the breath can really help with that transition. Because I think there's perhaps a lot of misconception that you have to be, you know, super relaxed, almost in a meditative state with Mm -hmm. breath work. But that's not the case. You know, that is certainly part of it. And you can reach a meditative state through breathing exercises, but there are typically other exercises that can be used to really boost that oxygenation. And some of those tools are, for example, short breath holds, as well as humming. So that all helps to produce more nitric oxide 
which in it in turn helps get more oxygen to the brain, which in turn will then help with creative thinking. And there have been tests that have been done in a lab to prove that this is possible. So I'm really confident when I work with clients that when they input these techniques, they get the results they need. Everything that you've said there makes makes perfect sense. So my net, well, the question that just came to me is why isn't this taught? Why isn't this taught in schools, in education, potentially in workplaces? And I know I know you do do some work with workplaces um, with regards to well-being and boosting people's well-being. But why is it not mainstream? It's just not been known. You know, a lot of this information was hidden in medical research papers, white papers. Um, and even if you speak to your local GP, they don't necessarily have that information. And I've noticed in the last two years that I've been working on, you know, it's, well, I'd say two, five years of research and nearly two years of teaching, is that it is very new for a lot of people. So really my goal is to get the word out there. You know, I'd love to be teaching this in schools. I think it should be part of all essential teaching because children, particularly when they're dealing with um, the pressures of school, whether it be exam stress, which I've, I've seen a lot of with through clients, children, um, and just maintaining, you know, equanimity in your life can be hugely valuable so perhaps Ben this podcast will help reach a few people that will go actually we let's bring this into our workplace or let's bring this into the school um, because I know that it would make a big difference so that is part of my mission in the work I'm doing is to spread the word and show the value of these simple techniques because they can be transformational for people yeah and what difference has it made to, to your life um, you mentioned the research you've done for five years. Mm -hmm. um, how, how did you how did you get into it? And um, yeah, what impact has it made on your life? Well, that, that is the reason I still do it. Um, about five years ago, and I've spoken about this quite a lot, actually, which and now that I think about it, it's not unusual. I had two businesses back in 2017. I was living in London and a typical high performer love to deliver you know to work to deliver and, and just you know I probably wasn't getting enough sleep or looking after myself the way I should have been and I would say it was probably close to burnout for me because I started out of the blue one day experiencing severe panic attacks which were debilitating I felt like I couldn't breathe I'd never had one before so I thought I was having a heart attack it was awful and these started to happen several times, uh, you know, over the period of 18 months, which affected my sleep and my anxiety was, you know, just un unbearable. And it became, I got to the point where I didn't really know what to do because medically, as the doctor said, or clinically, there's nothing wrong with you. Okay. Like, well, you know, I'm not feeling good. So what, what, what can I do? And I was recommended to try meditation which for many, and for me included, was, was very challenging. If you've never done meditation before, it's very hard to suddenly sit quietly with your thoughts and try to understand what's going on. But what was, I would say, really was the, the turning point for me was the type of meditation practice that I was doing focused on the power of nasal breathing. 
using the breath as a tangible anchor to focus the mind. And when you can do that, focusing on the feeling of inhaling and exhaling, being able to then shift yourself into a meditative state becomes a lot easier, but it takes practice mm -hmm. and a desire to want to do this. So for people that don't have that motivation, breath work sometimes doesn't work because they're not that motivated to, to, to try and find the way to do it. But for me, it made a massive difference. My panic attacks completely subsided. My sleep improved. I felt a lot less anxious and my resilience over time improved my management, my reactivity to stress. And that is what started my journey into understanding the power of breathing techniques for, for wellness. Um, and that doesn't even get to the sports performance side yet. So yeah, that was the beginning of the journey for me. I would say like any good habit building system, and you know, you've probably read the book Atomic Habits by James Clear. You know, you have to put these little micro habits in place that it becomes subconscious positive habitual behavior. And that's the same with breathing techniques. You know, in the beginning, you you learn these techniques and then eventually they become so ingrained in your day-to-day -day behavior that you don't think about them. But then you will recognize, and this is through the self-awareness, when things don't feel quite right. Because that's generally, as human beings, that's how we make change. We have a sense, either a physical or a psychological sense that something isn't feeling quite right. But you now have the tools through these techniques to make those changes. And of course, you're going to slip up. You know, people always do, you know, sleeping, exercise and day to day. That's, those are three areas of functional breathing that we focus on. And by being aware of what you can do, you can then put these changes into place um, and results that people have had speak for themselves, really. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'd like to talk about um, being in a, in a flow state, if I may, something that... Um, well, you mentioned sport earlier on, and you often hear about people being in a flow state in terms of sport, and also, but also creativity. Where, so sort of bringing my experience, if you're on a shoot and you know these the, the photographs, uh, you know, literally just popping out of everywhere, and, and you're just in the right place at the right time, or you're on a video shoot, and the same thing happens, and you're just in that lovely kind of rhythm, um, or even in the edit in post production, you know, and there's lots of examples that I could give. Um, now the, the breath techniques that we'll, we'll actually, we'll probably speak a bit about later, something really specific we can all do, but is there anything or is there any techniques that we can tap into that slightly more? Because that seemingly is the, is the, it's such a lovely state to be in, but it's quite difficult to get to consistently. Well, that's what I find anyway. So is there anything that the breathing side of things can can help us in terms of being in a flow state well i can certainly relate this to my sport which is free diving because yeah. essentially what we're doing is moving from one state to another and breath work does that for us it moves us from if we're talking about levels of consciousness at you and i are talking right now we are in beta we are fully aware, we are awake, we, our mind is, is fully engaged and active. And meditation and free diving as well, um, especially the, the deeper you go in free diving, 
your brain waves will shift from beta to alpha. And alpha is just above the state of deep sleep. So your, your, your body might feel like it's sleeping, but the mind is still active. And that's a very crucial part of um, brain activity to enable restoration and creativity to take place because the body is not overexerted, the mind is relaxed, and that's when those ideas start to come to us. You know, another good example is if you enjoy taking a shower or a bath in particular, when you're in water, water has a very sim similar effect on the body. It can be incredibly nurturing in the sense that it can help shift you into almost a daydreaming state. And that enables the brain to tap into that flow. And there's, you know, there's no pressure. There's it just, mm. you just feel calm. But you, how many times have you been in the shower or in the bath and suddenly something you've been thinking about for ages, a solution just appears. Yeah, that's that. That was the first thing I was going to say. I was smiling as you said it because the saying is, "Oh, it always comes to me in the shower," or when you least yeah. expect it, where your subconscious is just working on it. But then, as you say, that makes perfect sense. If you give mm -hmm. your brain that bit of resting time, it will come up with the solutions. And it's it's proven now. There's a an amazing book that I read called Blue Mind by Dr. Wallace J. Nichols, and he's a marine biologist in the U.S. And he wrote about how water impacts the body and mind on a cellular level. And if anyone, you know, or yourself, if you're interested in finding out more, I highly recommend it because it really explains how you can move into that state and how the body and the mind reacts. Um, and actually daydreaming is a really important part of human development. You know, we might just associate with being a kid, you know, and sort of lying in a, in a field or on, or on the beach and you're just kind of not thinking about anything. But as adults, it's really important to still have that, that experience because that's when those solutions will come to mind because we've taken all this, the external um, stress and stimulation away and allowed ourselves to move into that state. And I'm sure when you've been in that state on a shoot, you feel very productive and kind of proud of yourself. Like, oh, that was easy, that was good just seem to come so naturally. Yeah. But I, I, yeah. I wish we, we would do that more because I think we, we can use the breath to enable that to happen. Oh, what? Well, and that's why I love doing these podcasts because yes, we, we of course we could have chatted on, on you know, in, in a one-to-one -one and things like that, but sitting down with people like yourself um, and I mean, I, I try to, um, I do a bit of research on, on, you know, yourself and, and what you do, but I, I purposely don't do too much because I want to ask those questions that I suppose everybody wants to uh, uh, to get asked. Um, so, yeah, that's fascinating. And I, I've, I've whatever happens, I've learned a lot, Tracy. So thank you very much. It's, it's fascinating. Um, so we're, we're, we're nearly at the end, but not quite. But if we can just go on to... Um, the final two questions if if we may tracy but yeah once again thank you so much for taking the time just before we were went on air in quotes um you were saying how busy you are so i'm really really appreciate you taking the time out um and yeah i've got so much from from our little conversation i hope other people have too um but yeah going on to um the first of the the final two questions 
Um, you say in one of the articles that uh, that you wrote that you can learn how to breathe in um, in about ninety seconds, um, or there's a you know a specific technique to do that. So, do you want to explain a bit about that? Sure. And this is a really good question because I think often people think, oh, I have to lie down for half an hour on my yoga mat and and, slow and breathe. <laughs> that, that puts everybody off. You can literally be going and standing at, in the kitchen and making a cup of tea and doing a breathing exercise. And all it takes is 90 seconds to shift you from one state to another. So let's say you are in that hyper aroused, feeling anxious, panicky, just a little bit, you know, hot under the collar state, not happy. Close the mouth and just inhale through the nose and extend your exhale. And a great way to do this is to count. So inhale for four seconds, exhale for six. You do that for 90 seconds and it will shift you from that sympathetic action station state into parasympathetic rest and digest state. If you're highly anxious, it might take longer than 90 seconds because what we're doing is we are encouraging the heart rate to slow down by connecting to our vagus nerve, which is the largest nerve in the body that's connected to all our major organs. And if the body is fully stressed and uncomfortable, the way to bring it back into equanimity is to slow the breathing down so you can bring the heart rate down and reduce cortisol which is one of the major reasons people get anxious when that is released into the bloodstream or feel anxious. So, you know, without overcomplicating everything, in for four, out for six, repeat that until you feel your heart rate slowing down. And then, you know, you, you will feel less reactive in that yeah. situation. But what, why I love that is because that can be actioned anywhere literally Absolutely. and if you you were saying earlier about self-awareness if you can get into that self-awareness of right i'm feeling like this so th i need to do the 90 seconds uh, or longer depending on what kind of state you're in um, but it's so actionable and tangible that anybody can can do it wherever that's great mm -hmm. yeah um all right i'm going to try that when i next get slightly stressed on the deadline i'm going to report back tracy if I may. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. Okay, so just before the last question, Tracy, do you want to give yourself um, a social media website resource plug uh, where people can find you and follow you? Well, Ben, I'm actually having a new website designed. So at the moment, um, you can find me on Instagram under my name, which is Tracy with an EY, May House, all one word. And I'm also on LinkedIn as Tracy House. I'm very active on DM, so feel free to reach out. I also have a Linktree account connected to both, which has all my podcasts and videos and blogs. So you can find out more about my work. Um, and yeah, I work one-to-one -one with people. I work on groups, on Zoom and face-to-face. -face, and I work, I do workshops and live retreats. Amazing. Thank you very much. All right. So you've mentioned a couple of books already, but um, what book or resource um, has had the biggest impact on you um, and why? Without a doubt, that would be The Oxygen Advantage by Patrick McEwan. That is the book that changed me, my life in terms of all the research I was doing. I was able to make sense of it. 
And I loved it so much that I got certified to become an advanced oxygen advantage instructor. So I can now teach these science-based breathing techniques with all the medical research behind it, not just for um, general health and well-being, but also for sports performance, which makes me very happy. Great. Well, I'll uh, add that to the uh, the show notes. Um, and yeah, you've dropped in some amazing books. So especially the, um, the one you mentioned earlier about the the blue, remind me, blue? Blue Mind. Blue Mind. Yeah, that sounds good. Yeah. That sounds good. All right. Well, I'll, yeah, I'll add all those links um, and info to the show notes. But Tracy, once again, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you, Ben. I really enjoyed our chat. Thanks for listening to this episode of the podcast. If you've hated it, keep quiet. But if you've loved it, you can support the show by sharing it with anyone who may love it too. Have a nice one and I'll see you next time for another episode of Squaring the Circle. Thank you.